So here we have a parable about a feast, a banquet, a party, those things that feel probably long, little faraway memories for us right now. Um, So a man is hosting a party and he has sent out all the invitations, but when the time comes, people start making their excuses. And some of these excuses strike me as being a little bit ridiculous. Uh, One guy needs to go and see a field that he's just bought, implying that he hasn't seen it before he bought it. Just a note, generally, if you're buying something big like a field or a house, generally good to see it before you buy it. Um, Another says he just got married, um, which does beg the question of why did he say yes to the invitation in the first place? I can kind of imagine that conversation with his wife, like, I know we just got married, but I've said yes to this party and her facial expression, it actually slightly reminds me of the moment on my honeymoon with Dan where we got chatting to this couple um, on an excursion and suddenly I hear Dan say, would you like to come round for a drink later? The look on my face apparently was something to behold. The other couple um, fortunately uh, made their excuses and refused the invitation. I think my facial expression just said it all. But whatever their excuses, it is obvious that these people do not feel like they need this party. They maybe don't, you know, they're quite well off, they don't need the food, maybe they've got lots of connections, they don't need the community. Whatever it is, they make up their excuses and they don't prioritise it. So then the man sends his servant to extend the invitation to the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. These were the outcasts. These were the people who Jesus was often criticised for eating with. These people come and fill the tables, eat the food and enjoy the party. And there are three things that I wanted to pull out of this story today. The first is that everyone is invited to the party, just as they are. Jesus was telling this story whilst having dinner at the house of a Pharisee with prominent Jewish people. The Israelites were the chosen people. They were waiting for their Messiah. They'd been waiting for their Messiah for generations and they were expecting him to come and save them from oppression and to restore the nation of Israel. Instead, Jesus turns up and tells stories like this. Stories where everyone is invited to the party. Where those who weren't expected to be invited are welcomed. This would have been jarring to those listening. They were so sure that God's table was just for them. Jesus coming to earth now meant that everyone was invited. He didn't come just for the Jews, but for everyone. And the thing is that like the Jews at the time, we don't get to decide who comes to the Father's table. Everyone is invited. And on top of that, we can come just as we are. Everyone can come just as they are. We don't need to clean up. We don't need to change to feast at God's table. We are welcomed as we are, and so is everyone else. All we have to do is show up. So that is everyone is invited. The second thing I wanted to say was that we are called to raise up those that the world overlooks. 
just before this passage that was read out beautifully by Anna, thank you. Whilst at the dinner, Jesus notices how some people are being favoured, given special seats and given certain status in the community. And Jesus' response to the group, who I can only assume were powerful men, was to, uh, to say to them to lower themselves, to not assume the place of honour. And he ends with the famous verse, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He then goes on to talk about honouring those that the world dishonours. He says to his host, when you give a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbours. If you do, they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Again and again throughout the Gospels, and especially in this book of Luke, Jesus shows his love for those who are in need, who are overlooked, and for whom the world is an unjust place. Those living in poverty, the sick, orphans and widows, and women. He reaches out beyond cultural boundaries and connects with these people. He eats with them. He heals them. And through this parable, Jesus is encouraging us to do the same. Don't just show hospitality to your friends, to people like you, to those who can reciprocate in kind. Go beyond that. By inviting these people, we are honouring them, valuing them, being open to hear their stories, to understand more of their journey and raise them up. Some friends of ours are local welcomers for, in their area for refugees. And they um, have connected with a number of different families over years, but one Syrian family in particular, they had round for dinner every week. And before COVID, we shared a glorious evening with them with a massive paella around um, a fire pit. And it was just a glorious time of hearing each other's stories. The food bank is a key part of our ministry here at All Souls, and there are members of our congregation who are building relationships with those who are using that service. But is there more that the rest of us can do, either in building relationships there or extending hospitality in other places? True hospitality involves us sharing of ourselves, not just of our food. Henri Nouwen, um, who was a famous writer, he wrote, it is possible for men and women and obligatory for Christians to offer an open and hospitable space where strangers can cast off their strangeness and become our fellow human beings. The movement from hostility to hospitality is hard and full of difficulties. Our society seems to be increasingly full of fearful, defensive, aggressive people anxiously clinging to their property and inclined to look at their surrounding world with suspicion, always expecting an enemy to appear, intrude and do harm. But still, that is our vocation, to convert the enemy into a guest and to create the free and fearless space 
where brotherhood and sisterhood can be formed and fully experienced. I'm just going to read that last sentence again. That is our vocation, to convert the enemy into a guest and to create the free and fearless space where brotherhood and sisterhood can be formed and fully experienced. Who is the stranger, the enemy, the overlooked in your context right now? How can you extend invitation to them? We obviously still have lockdown restrictions right now, but there might be opportunities even within that, or perhaps time to think about some different ways of being as we come out of lockdown. We talk about being the body of Christ as the church, a body that is made up of different parts with different functions. We all work together and need each other. And I've heard quite a lot of talks on being hands and feet within the body. But someone said to me a while ago, who is the heart, the lungs, the liver, these vital organs that actually the rest of the body works to protect? Maybe these are the sick, the struggling, the overlooked, those living in poverty. If we ignore them or don't look after them, we all stop functioning. It's what makes us work as a body. So that was honouring and raising up those that the world overlooks. And the third thing I felt like I wanted to share this morning was God has a feast for us. This is all in the context of a feast. God doesn't have just a few snacks for us. There is plenty to go around. We do not need to be worried that we will not get what we need if we let others have a place at the table. If we raise someone else's voice, we will still be heard. If we give up our privilege in a certain area, we will not be squashed. God is inviting us to a feast. Often, we can be too busy to stop and eat with him. And I know I am guilty of that so often, running on empty, relying on myself to keep going and to get everything done. In fact, as I've been thinking about this parable this week, I've felt a bit hypocritical because I know that I am struggling to feast with God at the moment. But I felt really strongly that this was one of his messages for us this morning. Jesus is saying, come, spend time with me, feast with me, and you will see I have everything you need. And it doesn't mean that everything is automatically easy when we feast with God. Um, soon after Dan and I started going out, and my dad died quite suddenly, and I was living in Birmingham, Dan was down in London, and he was living with his parents at that time. And um, in Birmingham, I was just about holding down my job, but I'd get home in the evening and I'd generally be too tired to cook myself any decent food. And about every two weeks, I would come down to London and have the weekend at Dan's parents' house. And they would literally feed me from the moment I walked in the door to the moment I left. My mother-in-law once commented that she'd feed me until my cheeks looked like they had colour in them again. And then I would head back up to Birmingham and go back to, to the place that was, you know, it was really quite difficult for me up there. 
And I was thinking about this. You know, that food that she gave me, it didn't fix everything, but it definitely gave me so much more strength to carry on in that difficult situation. And I felt that that was a good analogy of God's feast. It can sustain us through the hard times, but we need to come to the table regularly, finding ways that work for us to receive from him. For me at the moment, that is time on my own with God. It is walks in beautiful places. And for others, that can be praying or worshipping with others. For you, it might be one of those things. It might be a number of different things. And we can have different seasons where different things work better than others. But we need to keep finding those places where we can feast with God. Because everyone is invited to the feast, just as they are. We are called to raise up those that the world overlooks. And God has what we need, and there is enough for everyone. So if we are followers of Jesus and we are emulating him, how are we sharing our table? And God's table is open to us now. What do you need from it right now that you are not taking or not receiving? Eugene Peterson, who was a, was a theologian, he wrote the message version of the Bible. So he sat in the Bible for quite a long period of his life, just thinking about it and working out how to communicate it. And he was asked, what is the message from the Bible? And I loved what he said. He said, God loves you. God is on your side. God is coming after you. He is relentless. And that was his summary of the whole message of the Bible. I'm going to read that out over you again. God loves you. God is on your side. He is coming after you. He is relentless. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you have a feast for us. I thank you that you have everything we need. And Father, you know there are times when it's hard for us to understand that, it's hard for us to feel that. But I pray you would help each and every one of us to find our ways to feast with you this week. In your name. Amen.